Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're on The Burt Show. What was this weird three-year guilt confession that just happened in studio here? Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, I, I mean, I will out the gate say it's unhinged of me. This is not normal behavior. No, not at all, but I love it. I don't know why. This, like, I led Kristen down the wrong path. <laughs> And I can't stop thinking about it. Truly, I think about it two to three times a year. And I shouldn't because it's so insignificant. A few years ago, we were I mean, we're talking seven, eight years ago. This was a long-ass time ago. Yeah, we were headed... I think it was uh, Vegas or Los Angeles for either the Billboard Music Awards or the American Music Awards. And Kristen and I went to get our nails done together because we would always go on these trips together. She would do the interviews and I'd be the producer on set, like filming, uh, doing photography, etc. Man, those were fun. Social... Oh my God, they were so much fun. So we went to get our nails done. I think you had just you had just gotten engaged or you were engaged because I remember your beautiful ring and we're at the nail salon and Kristen's like, should I get gel nails or regular nail polish? And I wasn't into gel nails yet. If you don't know the difference, like gel nails just last longer. They're more durable. You can have them for a couple of weeks before you go back and fill them in. Whereas I liked nail polish at the time because you could take it off yourself and redo it. So I like pushed. I'm like, do regular nails with me. I'm getting regular nail polish. You don't need that gel stuff. And so we did it. And they're like, as soon as we landed, her nails had chipped and like, Listeners called her out on Instagram. They were nasty. Like, can't even take care of your own nails, Kristen. You can't even like bother not to have chip nail polish. And I'm like, she just got a manicure yesterday. It's my fault. So and you've like, been holding on to this now for eight. Do you years? see my face? It's turning red. I can feel. I can feel the blood rushing to my cheeks right now. Like the same feeling I get after I take a shot or really embarrassed. Yes, I think about it two to three times a year that I let her wrong. And for the record. Completely forgot about this. Well, you said her like, free, please. Yeah, no, she, she did. I did. I was like, I, I lift the burden of my regular <laughs> nail polish off of your shoulder. You no longer have to carry that shame with you. Thank you. Anymore. I'm like such a bad friend. <laughs> Women fascinate me. Man, they fascinate well, I'm it, telling you. It's because it chipped and then those listeners were mean and I was like, but no, it's not her fault. It's mine. <laughs> and I led me. you down this dark path. <laughs> All right, Abby. So what is it that men can learn from the very aggressive dude? in New York City that you experienced over the weekend. Yeah, y'all are finding out that I love an aggressive man and they're really <laughs> aggressive up north in New York City. And th- that's the one thing I've noticed about traveling a lot at this age and living in different cities. I interned like a different, in a different city every single summer. And I noticed that really, depending on what city you're in, the the dating culture, the hookup culture, the the dating pool there, it feels different in every city. So like when I lived in Austin, the guys were very gentlemanly. They wanted to take you on these long dates. They wanted to pick you up, treat you like a lady. And in Florida, they were just lazy. Beach bums. <laughs> so glad to be free of that. And in New York, they are very much like the typical New York personality. They're very blunt. They're straightforward. They are, they're willing to approach you. So much so that we were genuinely confused when it was happening to us. We're like, wait a second. Are we about to get scammed? Like, you're asking for our number. Where is this going? Like, we're so unused to it that we really were just taken aback and this happened a couple of times it started pretty tame when we first got to New York so we flew in we were staying at this hotel and we were getting ready to go out somewhere and me and my girly pops we head downstairs and my friends aren't used to going to New York so they're like let's call an Uber I'm like that's a terrible idea but whatever so we're standing on the street corner we're calling our Uber and some man runs up to us we kind of jump back because we're like ah man and then (laughs) he looked normal. He looked somewhat safe, which, you know, doesn't really... No one is normal. No, no one is normal or safe or in New York. Safe, right? But, you know, we were, we had had a couple of glasses of wine, so we're like, you know what? Bet. We'll talk to you for a second. So he comes up to one of my friends 
He's striking up conversation. He just goes, listen, I just wanted to say I saw you from across the street. I thought you were beautiful. I really would just love to follow you on Instagram or get your number. Would love to take you out sometime. And so we're like, oh, my God, they think we're pretty. So, of course, we gave him the number, which was probably stupid. And then it happened a couple more times. We were walking around the streets in Soho. Again, another man ran up to us and we were like, ah, man. And then got over that, gave him the number, the Instagram. And then the same thing happened to us when we went out to a bar. We went out to um, this place called Hudson Hound in in West village and we're hanging out there we're talking and the first thing we notice is that the girls next to us get approached which is not something we're used to when we go out here in the south guys are kind of like a little bit more passive and they didn't really get the message that those girls were done talking to them and we had kind of made eye contact with the girls next to us and we're like do you want us to like get rid of these guys and they're like yes so then they come over to us and <laughs> mid-conversation so we're they're flirting with us we're having somewhat of a good time they were a little creepy and then one of them just looks at my one of my really close friends and goes you know there's a really great bathroom in here do you like want to go hook up in there it's like 9 30 p.m and we have had like three bevraginos and man's just comes out straight with it and just says bathroom's really great if you're down and um, we were not, in fact, down, but no. we did We did appreciate that they at least let their intentions know, and they were straightforward. So you would rather have a guy that's overly aggressive than just totally passive. At least it makes the night interesting. Yeah. I don't mind an aggressive dude, a politely aggressive dude. Were, were they able to take rejection well is the thing. Like, if you turn them down, are they going to, like, go ham, or are they going to receive that and be like, all right, yeah, that's cool, that's fine, whatever. Oh, yeah, they were fine. They were okay. like, oh, okay, you're not into bathroom sex? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I have always enjoyed watching women visit New York, like, when they come to visit me or my friends for the first time, because the, the cat calling in New York is unlike anywhere else, and it's always the same kind of thing. It's like, in the beginning, at first, it's kind of cute. It's like, okay, and then it, it, it gets old, like, really fast it's every cute, single time. At first? Well, we we didn't really experience a lot of catcalling while we were there during our vacation break. But like when I was interning there, I did notice there was a lot of um, a lot of catcalling <laughs> it's, it's happening. Ridiculous. And you just put learn to put on your headphones and block it out. Mm-hmm. Has it ever worked where a dude's like catcalling a woman and she's like, oh, OK, all right, let's hook up. That'd be a really funny prank next time I get catcalled to just walk up and be like, oh, my God, would you like to get dinner sometime? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not that you'd be like, hey, you want to come back to my place? Let's go right now. All right. <laughs> just watch him pee his pants. Like, I wasn't expecting you to say yes. <laughs> You're on The Burt Show. I Avery here needs our help. She is super confused. She was best friends with a girl since like the sixth grade. She wasn't asked in her friend's wedding. She can't figure out why, and she wanted our help to try to get to the truth, like maybe even call the friend, find out exactly what's happened. Hey, Avery. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for helping me. I can understand why you're so confused here. So give us the history between you and would you consider this a best friend back in the day? Yeah, we grew up together. We've known each other since the sixth grade, all the way up through high school. And, you know, we stayed in touch and we went to the same college. And, yeah, I thought we were best friends, but she got engaged and asked six other girls to be in her wedding and she didn't ask me. So I hmm. I, I just have no idea what what happened. I have no idea why. And so I was hoping that you would all help me find out. Now, these other um, six women who are in the wedding, is this family? Are, are these friends that she's known longer or are they like on the same playing field as you? Some are her cousins, okay. but some, yeah, have, she's known as long as me. Um and or and or in college um but again i i know everybody that's in the wedding and i i, I just after i found out that she had asked six other girls and not me it, it was like two weeks that went by that i was waiting and she never asked me because I, I thought it was coming i <laughs> and i just when it didn't i was i was so shocked and i was i was really hurt and I even was like making hints about her wedding and she just would always change the subject. So I knew that it was clear at that point that it was awkward for her too. Is this, uh, um, I'm assuming this just kind of comes down to a numbers game, right? I mean, sometimes it does depending on how many groomsmen you have, but I feel like that's, personally, I think that's outdated and I, you don't really need to have the same amount mm-hmm. of people on either side. This could happen quite a bit though, where like the definitions of the relationship are just 
Uh, one person sees it one way and the other person sees it another way. But, I mean, you guys have known each other for so long that there shouldn't be this kind of confusion. Like, how often yeah. do you guys... Like, so, yeah, you've known each other since sixth grade. You grew up together. Um, now, as adults, like, how often do you guys speak? Now, it's a little bit more complicated because we have different jobs. We She moved across the country to different time zones. So, we don't talk as much as yeah. we used to. Um, but... I distanced myself from her because I just, I, I couldn't bring myself to ask her why she didn't ask me at the time. And so that's been like, that was six months ago. So I recently I had not spoken to her because it, it just really hurt me. And I, I, I should have asked her in the moment, but I didn't. And now I, I get the RSVP. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I want to know before I RSVP why why she didn't ask me because I just when I got the invitation I felt hurt all over again and confused and well good news you got invited I just never dreamed yeah at least you're gonna be there <laughs> to witness all those other beautiful women up there with your friends Stop. I'm assuming you don't have no. a, a close enough relationship with anyone that is going to maybe try to figure out some information that way. Oh, I never thought about that. I don't know if you um, want to do that, though. And then the bride finds out if you're, like, trying to, get, like, peel information from other bridesmaids. In yeah. a woman's world, is this a common ask here? Because as far as a dude goes, like, if you're not in it, you're even if you're hurt as a guy, you're never going to bring it up. Never going to bring it up to the groom. You're never going to bring it up to any of the other. I would never say a word. If, if it was a guy that you've known since sixth grade and y'all, you feel like y'all are that close, you wouldn't? I would say something. I mean, not, I, in, I not in like it, an angry yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, the only guy I really have in my is my best friend, John. And if he didn't ask me to be, you, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I go, what, what the hell? What's that about? Right. Yeah. But then I feel like if you have that kind of relationship to where you feel comfortable to just straight up ask, then that's what makes it bizarre that you weren't asked in the wedding. Avery, I feel like your relationship must have changed over the course of, of sixth grade. Like just because you've known somebody for a long time doesn't mean you have that close emotional intimacy and if you're not talking all the time i could see how it would be maybe easy to to kick you out of the bridal party especially if you're if you're trying to keep it to six girls i just i just never dreamed of getting married without her by my side so mm -hmm. it just hurts when it's happening to me and she's I, i'm not she didn't look at I'm you that way. Included. Yeah. Are any of the other women in the bridal party sisters of the groom? No. Okay. Mm. I thought maybe it was a numbers game and she yeah. was like being sort of like pressured into having his sisters in it. Mm -hmm. So that left her out, but it doesn't sound like that's it either. It's cousins and friends. Okay. Uh, Avery, hold on one second. When we come back, we will tell you exactly what's going on because Tommy reached out to your friend to get to the truth, and he did, in fact, get a response, okay? All right. Thank you so much. All right. Hang with us, and when we come back, we'll tell you why you were not chosen to be in that bridal party. Next on The Burt Show. You're on The Burt Show. So Avery here is confused, real confused. She's got herself a best friend since like the sixth grade and as the, or since the sixth grade. And now that they're adults, she can't figure out why this best friend didn't ask her to be in her bridal party. I'd be confused too. Uh, Abby and Cassie, has there ever been anybody in your life that got married and you were shooketh that you were not asked to be in the bridal party? No, I've always been asked to be in the bridal party. Uh, well. <laughs> Mainly because they know I'll plan everything. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Oh, I think one person, but it made sense. She was very much a family girl, so I wasn't hurt by it at all. You know, I know. I don't I don't think so. So Avery reached out to us to try to get some answers, so we turned it over to our show director, Tommy, who did just that. You want to take it from here, dude? Yep. I reached out to Avery's friend, Alyssa, and uh, we went back and forth a little bit, and she said she would send an email, which she did, and this is what it said. This must be weird for Alyssa, too, though. Like, oh, yeah. Avery, if you guys are as close as you say you are, she must be like, why is a radio station calling me? Like, and Avery hasn't reached out to me mm -hmm. like one on one. <laughs> so it must be strange for yeah. her also. Well, her first sentence is, oh, wow, I'm honestly just stunned. <laughs> I had no clue she felt this way. Mm. I was just as upset and angry with her for just walking away from my friendship at the biggest time in my life. But what makes this more heartbreaking, she was supposed to be my maid of honor. 
I had this whole surprise thing planned out to ask her to be my maid of honor. I wanted to make it super special for her because she means so much to me. It was going to be this big, heartfelt surprise with all the other bridesmaids involved. I was so excited about it. But then she just kind of disappeared, you know, and it hurt. I was also offended that she would be so cold towards me at a time that was supposed to be so special. So, yeah, I asked someone else to be my maid of honor, which wasn't easy, by the way. I just didn't want any drama, especially not around such a happy occasion. I just wish she'd have talked to me instead. It feels like a huge mess now. I do really miss her. I'm still open to fixing things if she is. It's too late to fix things with the wedding, but I hope she isn't walking away forever. Okay, so is this is this traditional to, like, ask the bridesmaids and then all of you guys to do, like, a surprise to the maid of honor? Not that I'm aware of. Everybody kind of switches it up differently. Like, I know people that ask each bridesmaid one-on-one. They'll send a box to their house and ask them to be their their bridesmaid or maid of honor. But when I was asked to be one of my cousin's maid of honors, she did this big dinner and we all found out at the same time, which is becoming more popular now. So people aren't sitting around wondering, am I going to get asked? Am I not going to get asked? And that's what I did for my bridesmaids. Like a group of girls came in and it was under the guise of going like wedding dress shopping. And as each one of them um, came to the house, I was showing them the house and then I'd open the like a door and inside was a sign that said, will you be my bridesmaid? Will you be my maid of honor? So everybody found out on the same weekend and we all went wedding dress shopping together. So Avery, it sounds here, at least based on her response, that there was a tremendous miscommunication that huge she was going to do something grand to ask you to be the maid of honor with all the other bridesmaids but because you were so cold to her afterwards that she just found it really off-putting maybe and just is like forget her then yeah i i just feel really sad at that email uh Mm -hmm. i waited two weeks two weeks had gone by after she had asked her her bridesmaids and so I mean that's a long time I I understand she wanted to do a big reveal but like two weeks is a long time and so I I just feel sad because I I I didn't I didn't walk away I tried to ask her about it and she kept changing the subject and she was trying to plan a surprise Mm -hmm. like it's all making sense now and I mean and personally I don't I don't really feel like two weeks two weeks is like for me, that's a very quick amount of time all of a sudden for you to like distance yourself from her and from her to like change her mind about having yeah. you as a maid of honor. Yeah. I feel like all that happened yeah. like like it was a rush job. Like the whole relationship mm-hmm. changed in two weeks. That's so, yeah. And, yeah. It almost, and there were never any other underlying issues between the two of you guys? No, not at all. I mean, she, yes, she moved away, but I don't feel like I I cut her off. You I just, know? I, I mean, Avery, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, and you mm-hmm. can't go back and change it. I, of course, we yeah. wish that you could have gone to her and be like, "Hey, you know, why I'm I'm hurt," or I wish she would have said something to you like, "Hey, why are you distancing yourself?" I think the avoidance mm-hmm. of asking each other about each other's feelings is what's gotten you to this position. Yeah. I'm sorry. So if I... I mean, at least I know. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, I'm, know. if I'm you, I, I get on the phone today yeah. with I her and go, oh, oh, oh my God, this is what a, what a mess this whole thing has been. And if you guys are really yeah. as tight as you think you are, this just blows over. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a weird day at yeah. the wedding. But you know what? At least you guys will still have your friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. All right, Avery. You take care. Thank you. You're on The Burt Show. Is there anybody listening that uses a sexual alter ego? Put you on the voice disguiser for this. one 855 Show. So I've heard women say that when you guys go out from time to time that you have like a drinking alter ego. Or- Becky. Be- is that Becky? Becky? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what does Becky do that Kristen wouldn't? Oh, well, so it, in it's my GBF, my gay best friend. He We were out and we started 
pool drinking and then went day drinking and then we ended up at Target. I don't know. It was a hot mess. Um, and Becky came out and there's this picture of me and it is atrocious, but it's just a smashed KK. <laughs> and he's like, that is Becky. And she just, she dances anywhere. She has um, no inhibitions. Um, she does this God awful laugh where she tilts her head and touches her shoulder and goes, <laughs> I mean, and that is not an exaggeration. Like my friends know when Becky has arrived, when I start doing that laugh, it's terrifying. So I've heard women <laughs> talk Becky. about this quite a bit. Like you, when you go out, you have like this alter ego that is really not you. But mm-hmm. once you start drinking a little bit and you loosen up and you'll name it. Abby, who's, who's yours? So mine doesn't have a name because I forget her every single time I go out. <laughs> Can't remember what she did. Can't remember who she talked to. But really, based off the text I'll get the next day, I should call her the destroyer because that's what she does when she oh, goes you out. Oh, Blackout Betty. Yeah, Betty's a good one. <laughs> so I was listening to a podcast last, last week, one of my favorite podcasters, Heather McMahon. Uh, she does a podcast called Absolutely Not. Dang it, not on my network. But she's super, super funny, man. It's 60 Minutes Funny every week. And in passing, she had mentioned something about a sexual alter ego. She didn't focus on it or anything, but I just picked up on the words. And I was wondering if there are some women or dudes even that do this, like, in your ordinary, your real life, you're kind of sheepish. And maybe when it comes to sex, you've been sheepish before and you weren't really very experimental. But then you figured out like Sasha Fierce mm-hmm. and Beyonce, like if you can just put on this sexual alter ego, that you will be a dynamo in bed if you're her. And then when you walk out of the bedroom, you're your normal self. Is this like a primarily woman thing or do dudes do this as well? I've never heard of a guy doing it. No? Nah. I know a lot of guys who like to be called daddy. That's their alter ego. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> My sexual alter ego is just scared and thankful. <laughs> <laughs> Grateful. <laughs> just holding on for dear life. Like the cat on the branch. <laughs> All right, I'll use the voice disguiser for this. If anyone wants to call one eight five five Virtue. Uh we will call you Rachel, and I am curious if you have a sexual alter ego that is a total freak. Whereas you, Rachel, might not be. Hello? Rachel. It's you. It, we might... We you might have to call her by a sexual ego name. <laughs> Hello? Veronica! <laughs> Neat. Yep. That was her sexual name, Veronica. Good morning, Kayla. You're on the Burt Show. Hey! Hey! Uh, <laughs> so, mine is Kyla. Um, it kind of sounds like the author of Kayla. Mm-hmm. Um, Kayla's very, very sweet and submissive and kind of, you know, does what she's supposed to do, does what she's told. Kyla, on the other hand, is um, uh, a little bit more vocal. She um, she has a, she's more of a mouth of her, uh, wait, no, literally, <laughs> but she's kind of, <laughs> she's more, you know, dominant, more, you know, you switch the roles around. <laughs> so know, as um, soon as you walk into the bedroom or wherever it is, you freak, um, you just put in your mind, you turn into this other person and you can completely act differently. Well, I'm, I'm adaptive. Some, you know, a person might not be able to handle Kyla. You know, <laughs> they, they might prefer the submissive Kayla. Mm. Okay. But if they can handle it, Kyla's on, Kyla's on board. Okay. okay. Fifty Shades of Kyla. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure we were going to get any calls from dudes. Al, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. This is oh. actually female. Oh. And Al. Okay. Go ahead. Um, hi. So my English name is Hot Wife ATL. Um, on Twitter and with other people that know that side of me around town. Oh, so you um, have not just an alter ego in, in bed, but you have an alter ego on social media. Yes. Okay. <gasps> oh, I found her. That was fast. You are hot wife. Is, are you hot wife queen, ATL? Uh, the other one. Hot, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> She's just at Hot Wife ATL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found her, but the name says Hot Wife Queen ATL. But, oh, okay. the, but the at says Hot Wife ATL. So your online persona and your sexual persona are very different than who you are in real life. Uh, yeah. They give you more confidence. You feel way yeah. more comfortable if you label yourself something else. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Because sometimes, um, like, my likes and dislikes and my values and my courts or whatnot are not really what's normal yeah. in my actual relationship. Um. <laughs> Good Lord. What? Do not scroll down to the second picture. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh he's looking over his shoulder. <laughs> Did you just get a virus on your computer? I, well, no. I may have. <laughs> It might have jumped off your computer. You might have a virus. Right? <laughs> uh, good morning, Jennifer. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Hi. Hello. You're on the voice disguise. Go for it. Um, well, in my everyday life, I'm very outgoing. I'm very in charge of everything. I handle everything. I'm a mom um, and a wife, so everything's very, like, I thought my best foot, I'm always outgoing. In the bedroom, though, I really like to let go of all control and be dominated. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. All right, I appreciate you calling. And you do have dudes on the line. Do we? Yes. Andre, good morning. You're on The Voice Disguiser. Oh, wow, The Voice Disguiser. Okay, so, um, yeah, typically I'm Andre, but when I, uh, so... Big story, when, we, when I, uh, in my undergrad days, the fraternity and everything, we would go out of town. we go into different code names and everything. Mine was Dante. Dante. Oh. Dante. Hey, Dante, sexy. <laughs> 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 more available for everybody and more daring and be talking to everybody and anybody. I'm just a little bit more timid, a little bit more, you know, controlled. That was a little back in the day. Now I can go by either or, so I'm good there. And it's interesting. So once you label yourself Dante, Mm -hmm. uh, your personality really changes and you're much more confident, much more approachable, and just just by... A lot more enticed to talk to everybody. (laughs) Fascinating. And and you can switch it back also. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I start sobering up, it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) 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 It makes sense. All right, my man. I appreciate you calling. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't gotta worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, let's move on now here because Leonard, who wants to be on The Voice Disguiser, is wondering if he is being an a-hole uh, for wanting to kick his mother-in-law out of her house. And not only that, but sell it also. Uh, good morning, Leonard. You're on The Bird Show. Hi. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great, man. How are you? Uh, confused and conflicted. All right, let's go. What do we got? Uh, so my parents passed a few years ago, left me their house. Um, as a favor to my mother-in-law, I let her move in at a very, very, very cheap rent. Um, and now it's at the point where it's it's costing me money. Taxes and whatnot. Mm. Everything, yeah. Um, fixing things here and there, insurance claims, 
you know, the house is 35 plus years old. So it's, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and upgraded and stuff that's about to go out of date. Um, so my head and my heart are having a battle. My head says I should sell it. This is my inheritance. It was meant to set up my family. You know, I have a wife and kids. And this would be, if I sold it, it would fund both my kids' college funds. Mm -hmm. It would wipe out all of our debt and then put, you know, 250K into a, an IRA, set up our, our future. But my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. She does so much for us. Um, she's always there for the kids, always there for the family. You know, it's just, my heart says I'm being the a-hole, but my head says I'm doing the right thing. So I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, when she moved into the house, was there any, like, dialogue as far as, like, how long this would be, if it was temporary, if it was long-term, if it was, if it was permanent? Uh, there was a little bit of conversation about it. Um it was, you know, we wrote up a, a, a rent or a lease uh -huh. agreement um, for a year. Then it stipulated that after the first year, it would be month to month after that. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about how long she would be staying there. I think if she's as lovely as you say she is and cares deeply for you, obviously her daughter, your wife, and her grandkids, um, in order to set your kids up for their future, selling that home and putting that money into the proper accounts is what's going to be most beneficial for them. So I, I wouldn't put her on the streets tomorrow. I would have no, a conversation. No. Yeah. I would have a conversation with her and be like, hey, this is what I've been like. Involve her in the conversation because she does do so much for her, for you guys. Obviously, you care about her. Um, she's not like one of those demon mother-in-laws. Like she's no, absolutely not. We're we're actually really good friends. We do a lot of stuff together. We we talk and text yes. and chat all the time together. So treat her as such and be like, you know, he, here here's what I'm dealing with here, and here's what I'm trying to plan for the kids. Um, what are your thoughts and what, what could we do for you? Mm -hmm. Ma, what do you got? I feel like you got to do what's right for your family. Yeah. I mean, I think at all times that's, that's the number one thing. And I don't think that you should feel a way about that. I do understand the guilt of feeling like you, you know, it may put her in a bad position, but maybe if you were to do everything within your power to help her and help her maybe find a new place or help her get back on her feet, it would alleviate some of that guilt and you can kind of, um, do both things in your transition. Yeah, and I would absolutely do everything I could to help her. Um, you know, give her six months a year to 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 find some place and oh, help wow, her yeah. find a place. And I'm more than willing to do that for her because she deserves that. Yeah, your heart's in the right place here. I guess the obvious question is, where's your wife at on all this? Uh, <laughs> I talked to her about it a little bit. She said she understands, she gets it. Uh, but ultimately, it's my house and my conversation mm. to have with her brother. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's his inheritance, right? Yeah. From his mom and dad. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where you can kick it down the road and kick it down the road, but eventually you're going to have to face it. And the longer you do that, the more painful it's going to be. I think. I think Kristen's right, man. I mean, I think this has to be something that you got to do with her, Not, get yeah. her in, involved in it. And not make her feel like you're controlling the entire situation. Your heart is in the right place. She'll see that. I hope so. And it sounds like you have enough time, too. It's not like, you know, it's all having, having to happen tomorrow. But if you're saying six months to a yeah. year, you got, you got enough time to help her uh, get back on her feet and everything. Tommy, what do you got? Yeah, if you, if you do end up... We're okay. If you do end up kicking her out, I would not expect to be in her inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta think long term. That was point, you think? All right, let me take one call on this for you. Robert, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hey, good morning. See, I listen to you guys a lot, so I was listening to the gentleman with the issue, and I'm like, maybe you guys can help him out with a texting tutor if he's willing to go to that. I just don't and know. We all that, get a follow at the same time. Yeah, I feel you. I, I just don't know that this one's really needed on something like that. Uh, I think a face to face. She knows how much you love her, mm -hmm. and you guys respect it. I, I I almost feel like doing a texting tutor for you disrespects the relationship. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I think I would agree with that. Too. Yeah. All right, Leonard. Thank you, man. I appreciate your confidence. Uh, thanks for the email as well. Yeah, thank you guys for the advice. I appreciate it. All right, bye bye now. It's Bert Show. Get it, the Bert Show. And who's ready for weird? We ready to get weird? Me. 
Let's get weird. Let's. I'm always down to be weird. Woman willing to breastfeed her husband. I'm breastfeed like, her husband. Now we have entered weird. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh-huh. I know when you think of or when you hear breastfeeding, like oh, a woman says she it's okay for her husband to breastfeed on her. It sounds like it's some kind of like innuendo for something, but she's literally talking about him latching onto her chest and giving a good sucky sucky to get some milk out. Wow. I was I was scrolling on Instagram the other day. I saw this on the Shade Room. Mm-hmm. It's this woman who was on My Strange Addiction and um, her username is at It's Rachel Bailey and she posted this video justifying why her and her husband get a little weird. I don't see nothing wrong with breastfeeding my husband. I actually love the bond. It helps me out. He finishes off the job. A lot of people ask why I do it, why we do it. There's various reasons, but in all actuality, there really is nothing wrong with it. I always like to make jokes that, you know, you can drink other milks out there because you're told to, but when it's milk that you know, it's from a person you know, it's a little weird or considered weird, but it is because we tend to lash on things we don't understand. So that's practically the reason why I wanted to put it out there so that those who do it don't feel alone. Like she said, a lot of people lash on things they don't know or they don't know about. So this is this is just a natural thing. It's natural, Very natural. a natural liquid, milk coming <laughs> from a, a human and it's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting myself. It's not hurting her. So it's just something that we do. Okay, so wait, okay. Yes, breastfeeding is very natural. Breastfeeding is very natural. Your husband breastfeeding off of you. No, that is not. And she says he finishes she he finishes the job. So does she have a child? Like, is she actively breastfeeding? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. he's taking milk from the baby. Like, you need to pump that safe for the baby. <laughs> and then the addiction. Is she addicted to breastfeeding her husband or is her husband addicted to being breastfed? Because <laughs> it's a fetish. It's a legitimate yeah. fetish some people have. But my favorite part of all of this is Bert's face, forgetting that he has drank breast milk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have yeah. someone in the studio. <laughs> no, I didn't take it right from the breast. No, no, no. no, no. That's important oh, to know. Anyway. That, yeah. I wasn't allowed. I, you were not allowed to take it from the tap. <laughs> Just so you know, I, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's strange. That is strange. But it's not the strangest breastfeeding um, story, I think, that we've had on the bird show. So Abby sent this um, content to us, and of course, immediately we're, we're, we're going to talk about it because it's right up the bird show's alley, and I responded, is it time we introduce Abby to the ninny? No. I think this is probably no. the most talked about call that we ever had on the bird show. In fact, we didn't believe that it was real, uh, and we had to get confirmation that it was. But yeah, uh, this was... 15 years ago? At least. 15 years ago. And you're telling me this is going to be weirder than a husband drinking breast milk from a woman's breast. Oh, yes. That's exactly what I'm telling you. No, there's no way. This is the infamous bird show ninny call. Hey, Ashley. Hi. You're on the voice disguiser. I I have to be totally honest with you. I'm glad that you called up, but our initial response is like, okay, this can't be true. No, it's true. It's definitely true. I I swear by it. And my friends know about it. My family jokes about it. But uh, my mother weaned both me and my sister when we were about two. It took me a little longer. She actually had to put hot sauce on her boobs to make me stop coming back for more. (laughs) How old were you when you stopped breastfeeding? I was about two or two and a half, two or two and a half. Why does it say Uh, seven? Yes, but what happened was I would come back for more throughout the years. I think it was just a comfort, for a comfort thing. And I would always come back and, you know, my mom would call it Minnie and she would always say, do you want some Minnie? And I'd say, yeah, sure. So I, you know, throughout the years I would have Minnie, what we called Minnie. And when I got chicken pox at 13 or 14, she gave it to me then because, you know, I felt horrible. And, you know, we just lay down and I'd suckle. (laughs) Then when I was 17, I remember also having it then and I think the last time I had it was before I got married I was about 25 I wanted it because I was really distraught and she said you know would you like some ninny I said sure so you know I had my ninny and I felt better <laughs> I swear to god you I, would put I, your I, mouth around your mother's breast at 25 years old my mother just had two girls and she was very we were very close and she just thought she she also probably liked the closeness and I didn't mind it either I mean we don't have a weird relationship at all we have our ups and downs it's just a normal mother-daughter relationship is this something that you ever um, thought that you might need to go see somebody professionally for? Oh, no, I don't crave it. It's just, yeah, I don't crave it at all. It's just something that me and my mom, it's like a, it's like a little understanding we have that, you know, 
She'll offer it to me sometimes. <laughs> and, and actually, when my dad sees me doing it, he thinks it's hilarious. What? Like, he doesn't, I mean, just sit there and watch, and he just thinks it's cute. <laughs> he, you know, I wouldn't look down on somebody or think they're abnormal because they do it, because I've done it, and I know I'm a normal person. I mean, but um, it's just something that I've, I always did with my mom, and I never really saw anything wrong with it. Now I think I wouldn't, I mean, but not because I'm older now. And, you know, to me, you know, now it has more of a different connotation, I think, but... Well, you say you're older now, but you're 25 the last time you did it. So you're how old now? I'm going on 28. How old was your mom the last time you ninnied? Oh, she'll be 60. Ashley, how long are you going out with guys when you tell them that this is still part of your personality, your routine? It's come up probably after a year or so into the relationship. And do most guys at that point just go, this is not something I want to be involved in? Or they doesn't bother oh, no. They just think it's weird. If by that time they know me and they love me. So, I mean, and again, there's no breast milk. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> your thoughts you know i was i was willing to give her a chance at 13 i was like you know you got chicken pox breast milk is supposed to be good for you but then when i found out there was no breast milk and she did it the, right before she got married yeah yeah absolutely not did she say her mom was 60 she yes. did it was so quick. now she'd wow. be like 75 <laughs> yeah. it pro- it's probably like powdered milk now and, 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 she's still around. and dad and, used to watch and dad, well, yeah yeah that's <sighs> the that i i forgot about that t- detail like now after the fact years later that is a huge red flag that's so much to unpack here and i don't want to sound judgy but please do not call yourself normal <laughs> <laughs> That is not normal behavior. She's like, I swear I'm normal. <laughs> no. All right. Um, we're going to stay right here in Weird. Why hey, not? Hey, Tiffany, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Good morning. Good morning. So I used to work at a daycare. It was like 17 years ago. And there was a kid that was about four years old. His mom would come in and pick him up. And he would act like he wanted the ninny. And she would say, well, that one's not yours. That one's daddy's. And she would tell us that they both would breastfeed at the same time every night. What is, ha- what is happening on the bird show today? What is happening? So you're at your... Th- and, and- Tiffany, you're the daycare yes. worker. She comes in. Yes. And she says her four-year-old child and her husband breastfeed from her at the same time every night. Yes. And this was, I mean, I worked there for years. Like this, this week, like, yes, it was, it was like a known thing. It was insane, crazy. The dad would even come in and talk about it too. I, I, yes. I can't. I, 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 Why would you publicly talk about it? <laughs> because you don't think anything's wrong with it. Is this something you call Child Protective Services on? N- no. Yeah. Only if the baby's underfed. You call somebody. You call us. You call us. The baby is underfed, but the husband is obese. <laughs> <laughs> You're on The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Country artist Oliver Anthony is telling his fans not to buy tickets to his concert. I love this dude. You do? I love this dude. Why? Because he's so genuine and so naive. (laughs) So naive. (laughs) Who is Oliver? I've never heard of him. Yeah, first of all, you were like, who is this guy? He literally came out of nowhere this summer. He had a number one song on the Billboard charts for for a while. I mean, it was above... Morgan Wallen, Taylor mm-hmm. Swift, Luke Combs, all those people who were taking up the top five pretty much all summer long. And the song was called Rich Men North of Rich Men. It went viral. It was huge. And so it's now like he- this political song about how everything is kind of effed up in this country. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the politicians in the debate were using it as an example. And he's like, it's so funny to me that they were using this song because I literally am talking about them. I hate all of them. <laughs> um, but he's just so down to earth and so pure and is so, like, not about making money, doesn't want to get caught up in the rat race, that people have really attached themselves to his story. Exactly. And so that's kind of what's going on here. So he was set to perform at a venue in Knoxville, and when he found out how much the tickets were listed for, he pulled over and got on his Instagram account and basically told people, do not buy tickets to the show. So I'm curious, what is the the the... When you bought tickets for the last concert that you went to, how much do you think you spent around ballpark region? Because I just bought tickets yesterday to see my husband, Riley Green. Oh, you did. (laughs) Spent about 120 bucks per ticket. And that was worth it for me because we'll be married someday. Yeah, Yeah. I I was thinking about like 
a hundred bucks a pop. And that, that obviously you're not getting like, I'm not, that these probably aren't floor seats. You're not front row, but you're, you're there in the venue and you're enjoying the show. It's about average. So they were listed for $90 and then $200 for meet and greets. He said that's too much. Any ticket at my show should be no more than $40. It should be somewhere between $20 and $40. So he's blaming this all on some kind of miscommunication with whoever booked this venue. But this is very interesting. The venue that booked him said, well, we got to break even somehow. Yeah. Apparently they spent, they paid him $120,000 to perform at this venue and they got to make that money back somehow. Mm-hmm. So really it, I get that it can be a miscommunication. Maybe that's how much you wanted to spend, but at the same time, then maybe you got to accept less money. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's on him. Instead of accepting $120,000 at the venue, you're going to have to dock your pay in order for the working man and woman to be able to afford to go to your concert. See, th- this here is kind of the double-edged sword of becoming an o- a literal overnight sensation, right? Because so, you don't know how things work. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> he really doesn't. Like, he had a friend of his that was negotiating the deal, had no idea how many people were going to be at the venue, had no idea um, that he could negotiate the ticket price. They had no idea. So when it came out uh, that it was... $90, he was outraged because he wants everybody to be able to go to his shows, but I also see the venues part of it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? This is not a nonprofit. We yeah. got to make money, and we're not even going to make a whole bunch of money on this deal, so we've got to sell tickets for $90, and that was unacceptable to him, but he's new in this whole process, so his heart's in the right place, but the industry is just not going to work like that. Yeah, and you would hope with guys like him in a position where you're able to make money, if people are willing to pay a lot of money to see you, then you can bless the people that are working working for you, just like what Taylor Swift did with the people working on her tour. I think she gave her truck drivers like $100,000 in bonuses. And those are just her truck drivers. So you got to make capitalism work for you. You know, if you, if you got to charge that much money, then give it mm-hmm. back to the people who are working for you. This is the first guy in the history of the charts that has never had any music on the charts before reach number one. So really? he literally went from nowhere to number one overnight. I feel I feel so bad because I don't even know the song. I've I never don't heard know it. the song, the guy, any of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but good for him. Yeah. Okay, go He's Oliver. <laughs> okay, Oprah. So you know how she was raising money with The Rock to help uh, victims of the wildfires out in Maui? They, they, um, they donated like $10 million, which is an incredible amount of money. <laughs> People didn't think that was enough. It's insane to me that you could complain about Oprah and The Rock giving $5 million to a good cause. Like, People, people were saying because she's, she's worth $2 billion that she should have given more money than that. But, also, they have to realize, too, yes, that's what she's worth, but think about all the other altruistic things and philanthropic things she's involved in with her school, and The Rock just donated how much money to sag after and the writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Like, if people are so close-minded and they have these blinders on, and instead of seeing the entire picture, they just see what they want to see, and I'm like, these people, yes, they are wealthy, but I don't, I don't think they spend their money ill. I also think it's... A sliver of the people that were complaining about it. Yeah. I think most were pretty stoked about it. They got a lot of bad they PR did. with did the younger they? generations. That's 0.35% of her net worth, $10 million. So what is her money? What is she but she, to do? Well, the, here's, here's the real issue where people had issues. She owns a lot of property in Hawaii and hired firefighters, personal firefighting crews the day before to protect her stuff. So they're like... You're entrenched in the Hawaiian Islands, which a lot of people think shouldn't even belong to the United States, should be given back to the Kingdom of Hawaii. So they're saying that she's like an intruder who bought up all the land, protected her personal stuff, and then was like, cool, the rest of you peasants can pay for like the rest of the restoration efforts when she's literally worth billions. So I think that's where Mm -hmm. people had the bad taste in their mouth. They're like, you could do more and you didn't. And you're relying on the rest of everyone else who's struggling, trying to make ends meet. Some people working two jobs to afford rent to help out Hawaii when you literally own like a ton of land there and you could solve this problem single-handedly. She didn't have to give a penny. No, she didn't. (laughs) She could have given more. And I think that's where people Mm. are like, "Mm, you could do more. For more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. Click eBuzz. You're on The Burt Show. If you want to look at it on the bright side, she took her craft very, very seriously mm-hmm. and wanted to make sure that her clients were satisfied. She's a sex therapist. The headline I read, sex therapist says she sleeps with clients to help save their marriage. <laughs> okay. Oh, you talk dedicated. about it. Yeah, right. It's one way to do it. <laughs> Why use my degree when I could use 
something else. Got to learn by example. Well, she doesn't have a degree. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, that's a problem. That is a problem. She's just gifted. Yeah, she's, apparently, <laughs> she's a prodigy. Would we like to learn more oh, hell yeah. about Absolutely. sex therapist Olivia Bentley? So, a lot of people are waiting for you to give out her Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, before I get into it, would you like to see what she looks like? Actually, so you can have a visual, or do you want to wait till after I'm done with the article? Nah, give me the photos. Okay. Drop the pics. That is her. Oh, wait, hang on. My astigmatism is making this Okay. Hard. Okay, yeah. She looks like what right. I expected. <laughs> what you expect? Um, a woman with, with big breasts. I'm not sure why Bert had to get so close to my computer. Um, she looks like she... It's a small, it's a small picture. <laughs> she looks like she had nothing small about that picture. <laughs> she looks like she's a, like a Wednesday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon dancer. Okay. <laughs> so She didn't quite make the weekend cut. <laughs> According to Hollywood Unlocked, sex therapist Olivia Bentley has found the magical solution to saving people's marriages. Sleeping with her clients. Okay. According to Bentley, women have actually asked her to perform sexual acts on their husbands or give them a hall pass to see her. Uh, she says, I get physically involved with the majority of the people I see. Can we pause there for just one second? Sure. How bad does a dude have to be in bed and how willing are you as the wife to be so desperate to get him just a little bit better that you're like <laughs> just go and sleep with her so she can show you what you, what you need to be doing and then come back to me sounds like to me you'd be a bad teacher then it seems like it's she's a sex tutor Instead of a sex therapist. Therapist, too, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call it. Okay. She doesn't even have a degree, though, you said. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to that so in a she's second. Really just a and her, her past, well, <laughs> a professional hey, one, though. Hey, hashtag not all sleuths. We're not going <laughs> to sleut shame here. Um, her previous employment will probably be indicative of why she does what she does. But hold on one second. We'll get there. Okay. So much. So um, she goes, I get physically involved with the majority of the people I see. I think that's part of the appeal yeah. to her services. Yeah. Oh. I can almost guarantee that. Um, she goes on to say, some ladies say, I don't always want to be involved in this, but I want to know who you are. I want to approve of you and I'm going to let him come and see you. Hey. Okay. Hey. Hey, you. Hey. Okay. Stop. A little bit of hesitation Stop, after one certain word there. I, I thought you Stop. did it on purpose. And see, no, I didn't. I uh, swear to God. It's my mind. Don't worry about it. I do do these awkward pauses, and that was an awkward pause that was not intentional. <laughs> um, uh, she goes, but don't worry. Uh, she isn't just about the physical, physical aspect of things. She also supports her clients emotionally and gives them tips for a healthy sex life. You said tips, right? Tips, yes. <laughs> Uh, she goes, because nothing, so that, that, that they're, now they're being fresh. Now, um, <laughs> Bentley may not have official counseling qualifications. <laughs> you don't say. But she does have a master's degree in education. Okay. But she technically is not like a licensed therapist. Well, so if you have that, you can teach anything. She also formerly worked at Nevada's Moonlight Bunny Ranch. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh-huh. A popular brothel. Oh, um, so she may be telling the truth when she says she can give tips on how to save a marriage. Just the tips? <laughs> <laughs> well, she is a veteran of the industry. Yes. Um, uh-huh. And these women, are if they are willingly saying, you know what, you suck at this so bad. Wow. That I clearly can't teach you what is what's going to please me. Go ahead and hook up with this other woman. That's a, that's a pretty desperate place to be in. Would you want to watch? Like, if you're going to do this, like, you are saving your... This is the last last ditch effort to save your marriage. You're going to go see a sex therapist because you have to fix that portion of your marriage. And you're like, all right, what what is going on is not working. You you can sleep with her to figure this stuff out. Do you let him sleep with her or do you want to watch? So you want to be there seeing yeah. what she is telling him to do. Correct. Mm. I wouldn't want to watch, but I feel like you have to. I know, right? I do too. That's kind of like the whole point of it, right? Because you got to see the process. Yeah, I'd want to watch. Mostly because if I get to this point, my relationship is done. Yeah. I might as well get a good memory out of it. <laughs> you might as well get one last <laughs> kick. Absolutely not.
It would repulse me. Watching? Yes, absolutely not. I'd be raged with jealousy, no matter if this was educational or not. No way. You're not in the room. You're like behind one of those police pane glasses. So you can see them, but they can't see you. I don't care. I'd run through it. (laughs) 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 What would you? (laughs) Yes, I want to watch. You would? Uh Uh-huh. No. But you got to think, if you're already at the point where you can allow it to happen, you probably don't, you know what I mean? You You probably can watch it. You don't care. That's really how we're going to end the show today? That's it. All right. <laughs> the Bird Show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.